Uh, all right, so Angel, thanks for coming in today. Uh, through this, this is my first interview, kind of doing something through this Squadcast thing. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so for everyone listening today, uh, today I have with me, uh, Angel Solis. Oh God, what's your middle name? What's your name? I was going to say your middle name. Oh, I'm hurt now. No, I'm uh, just kidding. It's, uh, Isael. Angel Isael Solis. Solis, yes sir. There we go. Uh, so Angel and I have known each other for a good while. It's been since, God, when did we meet? I think it was officially 2016 cause, cause of that summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think we knew each other like you know we hung around the same kind of people and we were both kind of involved with like Maya Shep there at UTEP and that kind of stuff but like I think like really really we didn't like actually start talking to each other uh until yeah like 2016 I think but uh but yeah no, I I kind of brought Angel in today because he's a pretty interesting guy and uh I'll let him kind of talk a little bit about his background and why don't you why don't you start telling us off where you know where is home for you and where are you from uh home for me is it will always be El Paso as cheesy as it sounds, that's where all my family is. That's where my girlfriend is right now. Home will always be El Paso. I'm trying to get situated out here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area right now. It's it's really nice so far. It's been really welcoming. Definitely a different vibe than what El Paso is. Nice job mentioning the girlfriend there, by the way. Uh, you know, so home, I just so, got to so, put that in there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so, Homes El Paso for you, so kind of tell us a little bit about your, your educational background, what degrees you have, where you went to school, all that all that jazz. Okay, yeah. So, I went to both high school, I went to Coronado High School and El Paso High School. Ended up graduating from El Paso High School, right down the road from uh, UTEP, UT El Paso. Go Miners! I did my bachelor's in electrical and computer engineering and my master's in computer engineering. Got it. Magic. Yeah, magic basically. (laughs) That's cool. So what kind of, what kind of drew you to do, uh, you know, both your, your bachelor's and your master's in something, you know, more technical on the electrical side of things. So I always knew I wanted to do my master's and I definitely knew that I always wanted to do computer engineering. Um, unfortunately, they don't offer that as purely a bachelor's. So I ended up uh, weathering it out for another year. I was fortunate enough to to have a lot of financial support, a lot of scholarships, a lot of mentors helped me out to pay for my master's also. So that's why I ended up weathering out the master's. And then after that, well, well before that, why did I even get into engineering? As cheesy as this story sounds, but when I would watch spy films, instead of being the spy who gets like all the chicks and he's like flying off buildings, I instead wanted to be the quote unquote geeky or dorky guy inside the like white van, hacking into the servers, creating all the gadgets. And I wanted to be that guy. And I asked my mom, mom, what is that? Who is that? Like, what do they do? And she's like, oh, that's, that's an engineer. And I was like, okay, so I'm gonna do engineering. But then from that point, it was kind of like a self-discovery journey to see what type of engineering I actually liked. So, so when you got into UTEP, did you did you go straight into kind of electrical, or or how did you know that that was kind of the the specific path? Because there's obviously a lot of different kinds of engineering. Yeah, so it was straight electrical. I knew that that one was going to be the closest that I'd probably get to computer engineering, since it's kind of in the title, electrical and computer engineering. UTEP kind of does 
or at least the electrical department does kind of like a 70-30 emphasis on on electrical is 70% of the coursework that you'll do while 30% is uh, computer engineering. So some software classes, some embedded systems, and then you can go and specialize a little bit more. That's cool. So, and you know, so you're, you're going to college, you're, you're pretty set on doing engineering and you're pretty set on electrical. Uh, so what, what kind of, you know, drew you specifically to UTEP? You know, I know obviously you were in El Paso already. So uh, what kind of geared that, that decision for you? What geared it really for me is I didn't know squat diddly anything about the college application process. I was kind of like, oh, hey, when they came to El Paso I once and they're like, hey, we're going to get you signed up for YouTube. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I got in. But fortunately, also, um, I had a really nice scholarship for, that paid for everything. It was basically like a full ride for my first two years. I got to live at the dorms actually because of that scholarship. And I think that really propelled or yeah, propelled my career. No, that's cool. Yeah, no. Uh, I think for a lot of people I, I met at UTEP, it was it was kind of a similar story. You know, people were just like, well, I know I need to go to college. My parents were just like, hey, go to college. <laughs> and this is, uh, you know, it's one of the really good things about uh, UTEP. It's, it's very big on access. You know, obviously it's like, uh, like where I went to high school, like we didn't really have something like that where they like came to tell us like, hey, uh, you're signing up for this or you're doing this. It was it was definitely a different <laughs> kind of system, but uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, you've you've studied electrical engineering uh, and, you, and you know that you, you know, you want to have a career in this. This isn't just a, a job for you kind of thing or you're aiming just to do a job. Uh, can you talk about maybe some of the other th- experiences you had while in school, uh, you know, internships or research or anything you did like that and, and kind of that, how that helped you out? Yeah, so I, I'm fortunate enough to have had at least four internships or four internships while I was in college. My very first one was with Entergy out in Louisiana, New Orleans. That one was a def- definitely interesting one. Um, I definitely, what I got out from that experience was that I definitely did not want to do power engineering or anything power distribution related. I was like, nope, as interesting as everything that all this is, I got to learn a lot of things. I can tell you uh, the difference between distribution, power lines, kind of like what the usual setup for it is. I learned a lot from that experience, but I knew that this was not the right track for me. So that definitely emphasized me more on staying on the computer engineering or the software related pack path. Then my next summer, I did a software engineering internship with Lockheed Martin, actually my current company. So you could say that I'm a Lockheed baby. <laughs> I did that. That was actually the year that we went out to, to Sunnyvale out there. That was just an incredible experience. <laughs> Yeah, no. So, so just a, as a, as a quick pause. So yeah, so I think, uh, yeah. So that was that was summer 2016, and uh, we had just like I like I said, we kind of knew each other a little bit before that, and we were we were in some meeting for for some organization. I want to say it was a Maya Shep meeting, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And like I no, think I God, just kind of yeah, I think I just kind of <laughs> casually asked you like, oh, so what do you do this summer? He's like, oh, I'm interning at Lock. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Like I said, I was too, but like I assumed <laughs> like everyone else, you were gonna go to Fort Worth. Cause like everyone we knew was like interning at Lockheed in Fort Worth. 
Uh, and you said, oh, no, I'm going to be out in Sunnyvale. And I was like, really? Like, I'm going to be in Santa Cruz. That's generally close to each other. Uh, yeah. Like, we should try, like, looking for housing <laughs> together or something like that. And I remember even, honestly, like, like thinking at the time, I was like, oh, I really doubt we're going to find something that we both like and all this stuff. <laughs> but, like, uh, it ended up working out. And, yeah, like, we, we, we were roommates that summer and oh god where was it was it campbell is that the name of the city campbell. we lived in? Yeah, yeah it was in campbell it's like a city part of like the the general south bay area kind of near san jose and uh it was like what like a 30 minute commute for you or something like that ah uh, 30 minutes and that's if i got lucky with no traffic yeah it's like 30 minute yeah. commute for you and then like an hour commute for me because i worked in a in, on top of a mountain it was really yeah I yeah okay <laughs> I, yeah i remember how that yeah that was no matter what, it was a long commute every day going back, going there and go, coming back just because it was literally up a mountain. It was crazy. I, uh, I remember you took me out for your drive once and like I thought it, for a split second, I was like, man, this is how we get killed. This is how the <laughs> long turn starts. This oh, yeah, is no, literally it. It. <laughs> it was a very small like one. It, it was even like one lane for a little bit, too. Like you just kind of <laughs> had to watch out. Uh, like luckily I had like a smaller car then and like I, I didn't have to worry about like oh like I'm just not gonna be able to fit or something like that but yeah I remember that and that, that I think was... I remember even that time I didn't even take you the entire way I think I only took you like part of it too no we went up we went up to the gate and then oh we like did pointed out some buildings and then I was like all right are we gonna be able to make it back home now though <laughs> honestly but uh, so so what did you so so I guess sticking on that topic what did you do there in Sunnyvale what kind of work did did you, did you get to experience there so there that was a the official title was a systems engineering but it was definitely more from the software side they saw that I was doing my minor in CS at the time so they had me basically redesign one of their obsolescence programs or pieces of software where it basically tells you with time what pieces on the missile are either going to get <clears throat> they're going to run out of or they're going to expire so they either have to do a redesign or a reorder so all of that was function based and so by function based i mean is you call a function and then it returns something the bad thing about a program like that is it can very easily lead to spaghetti code that you can easily get lost where something is getting called where it gets returned so my manager at the time, he was he was an aerospace engineer, R really smart guy. Like you could ask him anything about the Thad missile and he'd be able to tell you like the exact physics of how it worked. And he was like, okay, so this function-based program, it's gonna be object-oriented base, go. That should take you about a month. And I was like, whew, okay. <laughs> No, that took me a good two and a half months. The first month was just learning how the how the current system worked. And then on top of that, I had to learn a new programming language, which was it's good for its purposes, but I would definitely not employ widely. It was visual basic access. So it's like kind of what works behind the scenes of Excel and Microsoft. It's really me. It's you can get it to do a lot of cool things, but it's definitely not robust and heavy duty. So, so you kind of mentioned that, you know, I think there, there's a certain level of expectation for you to do something in a month, but it took a lot longer because of that learning curve. 
so like, how did you kind of get over that? You know, how did you figure out what you needed to know? You know, was it your manager giving you more information or was it you just kind of asking a lot of questions or you Googling stuff or, or what was it really? It's, it's a combination of everything, really. You, you can't be shy when, when you're out there during your internship, you can't be shy. You can't say, oh no, well, he's, he's a level three engineer. He's a level four. I can't ask him questions. If, if that's your mentality going out to, to your first internship, um, that's kind of like setting yourself up for failure. You definitely have to, if I understand it's hard for introverted people like myself, um, I consider myself to be a little bit more introverted, a little bit more um, reserved, but you got to get out there and ask these questions because ultimately your success depends on you. You got to ask these questions. You got to look for resources. If your manager is not available, you need to ask them who is available so they can get these answers or these questions answered. That way your manager sees that you're definitely a go-getting person and that you work hard and you're not afraid to ask these questions. No, I think especially it's like if you're you're in a you're in an environment like that where you know, obviously hey, you're working for this, you know, Fortune 100 company, you're working with you know, really top performers. I I remember still that like you you'd mentioned, you know, your your boss uh, was a super smart guy, you know, super super intelligent. I still remember you you talking about that. So it can't like I, I understand the mentality some people can have like oh I'm a little bit intimidated by it, but uh, I think yeah yeah at the time uh, even then uh, I knew you were kind of taking the right approach and the right attitude towards it. It's all you know your perspective. You know you're you're there to learn. No one's mm-hmm. get as an intern. No one's going to expect you to save the company billions of dollars. <laughs> uh, but you're there to just kind of you know, soak up as much as you can. And then, you know, uh, that back half of your internship really contribute as much as you can. Yeah. And I think what a lot of people need to keep in mind is that when you're going in as an intern, the full-time employees, they're really kind of in charge of like selling the company to you also, because they know that right now you have hundreds of options. You have Silicon Valley, all these companies out there that are just recruiting all this a young talent, so they they have to keep up with this demand for successful or bright young engineers. So they definitely kind of have to like cater to to the intern, you know. Definitely not seem oh no, you're asking me quote unquote dumb questions. I, I can't, I don't have time for you right now. That's definitely not what they're allowed to do. So you, no, yeah, and I, and I remember you in Sunnyvale. Literally, you were across the street from Google and then just like around the corner from Amazon. It was like something like that, I remember. Yeah, we we went out on a couple of breaks and we got on those Google bikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. So obviously, yeah, they're, they're pretty they were pretty self-aware about all that and what was going on and everything like that. So uh, definitely, you know, it's great that you had, that you had a positive experience uh, with them. Uh, but, you know, so what, what did you do kind of after uh, that summer uh, at Sunnyvale? So after that summer at Sunnyvale, um, I got to network with a lot of the VPs actually. They have this this contest where you present your summer project and uh, I believe it was the top three people. They get to move on and present to one of the VPs. So that's how I actually got to, you know, do a little uh, shoulder rub, a little elbow rubbing with some of the VPs. And I knew that I did not want to return back to to Silicon Valley just because of how expensive it was out there. 
Uh, I don't know if you remember our two-bedroom apartment. How much? How much was that? <laughs> I think each of us paid like, was it like a thousand two hundred, a thousand three hundred? Yeah, it was something like that. A ridiculous amount. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like it was like in a super nice area or anything like that. Like it was okay. Like it wasn't nothing, nothing wrong with it at all, really. But it was just a lot. And on top of it, like. Yeah, our st- our stipend even didn't didn't even cover the whole thing, if I remember right. No, it, it did not. Yeah, it's not like it had like a skyline view to like the San Jose. It, it wasn't even furnished. <laughs> yeah, I think the the two sofas that we had was because like the last people yeah they were just left it, it there yeah yeah they just, like left it yeah yeah. And then we slept, remember, on the floor for like two months out of the internship. <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, we thought that, hey, let's save ourselves like a hundred or two hundred bucks and just like try to find slightly cheaper mattresses that we just didn't even find and we just order them <laughs> online. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that's one of like the most most short sighted decisions I ever made as an intern. For sure. <laughs> no, well, I guess that's that's why we're out there to learn, right? To learn from all these little things. No, yeah, but uh, to kind of to kind of get back to uh, what you were saying, so so you had this opportunity to kind of uh, network with you know people outside of the you know the, within the Lockheed verse, but you know outside of Sunnyvale. So you want to talk a little more about that? Yeah, I got to network with some of these VPs. I got their their business cards, their email, and they're even at that. Even though they hold such high positions, also um, they're there to. I, again, kind of like cater towards the intern because they're trying to sell you on this company. So they're like, hey, if you ever need anything, please feel free to shoot me an email, even even a Skype message. If you see the little green bubble that I'm available, go ahead and contact me. So after that summer, I went ahead and shot them an email and I was like, hey, you know what? I really like the company, but I'm not honestly a huge fan of the Silicon Valley area just because of the cost perspective, just the cost of living out there. And they were like, yeah, I totally get it. We don't want you, we don't want you to go anywhere. Uh, what if we put you in our Littleton facility, which is or our Waterton facility facility, which is out in Colorado, Denver, the Denver, Colorado area? And I was like, you know what? That's great. And even then I still had to go through an interview process. But yeah, that's what led me to stay with uh, Lockheed Martin Space Systems, at least for another year, and had that second internship out there. No, that's really great. And I think, yeah, that like, I, I think sometimes a lot of people undervalue those interactions. Like people give you your, give them your, you, people give you their business cards, their emails and stuff like that. But so many times, like people just don't follow up, you know, it just kind of gets put in your wallet or in your pocket and then you forget about it or something like that. But like following up makes a really big difference. Like even now with the little, little bit that I just help out with recruiting or at STEM outreach in general, like I, you know, give my info where I can and I can name the people that have reached out to me and I've been doing this, you know, for coming up on two years now, which isn't a whole lot of time, but still I've given it out quite a bit and it doesn't always get reciprocated, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think for any young and upcoming engineer, I think that you should definitely yeah, do that. Follow up at least. Hey, it was great talking to you the other day. If you need anything, even, even at that point, like if you need anything or if you know any other program that might need some help, you know what? I'm available for it. Yeah, just putting yourself out there, following up. I think that's key. 
No, yeah, and, and I think that, that summer in particular, I remember there was a lot of really good opportunities to kind of do networking stuff with people outside of our circle. I, I don't know if you remember that, I, I'm pretty sure you were there, that networking event they had us do with, uh, it was like with like, kind of like executives and vice presidents and some high level people in, in like space, in the space systems company, which is the uh, the business unit that we were in with Lockheed, I don't know if you remember that. I do, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, so so it's like they had stuff like that, which I thought was you know really great. And the more, the if you can take advantage of those opportunities, where it's like again, like literally just vice presidents of you know the space systems company, the business unit there, uh, really high level people. And like you said, everyone was like I remember, I still remember, super nice. Everyone, all the people that we talked to were incredibly, incredibly uh, uh, like helpful and beneficial. Uh, one of the guys that was there, he had even like we mentioned that we were from UTEP. And he said, like, oh, yeah, like, I know UTEP. Like, I've, like, done stuff with, like, uh, like White Sands, which is, like, you know, just down the road from El Paso and all this stuff. And, like, he, like, you know, tried to connect with us about a Mexican restaurant in town and all these things. <laughs> uh, like, like and it's crazy because it's just, I like, I'm sure to him it was any kind of interaction. But for us as interns, you know, not ever really interacting with people at that level, it was really cool that he was very, you know... Yeah, I don't want to use the word humanizing, but he was, you know, it wasn't it's yeah, being... down to earth, right? Exactly, exactly. It wasn't just like, oh man, this like high level person. It was, hey, this person, regardless of their status, is, you know, treating us with respect and trying to get to know us and uh network with us and teach us a little bit and all this stuff. And like I like I said, I still remember that. And that was, you know, that was back in twenty sixteen. And it yeah, it, it made such an impact. But yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where, where when you're when you're at these kinds of things, you know, making the most out of them and, and really engaging, not just kind of waiting for someone to to force you to do it or to draw you into it or whatever, but trying to get the most out of it. Yeah, you, you gotta just put yourself out there. That's all, all you can do. So, uh, so fast forward, you're in Colorado now. What, what did you do there that summer with Lockheed? So that summer was a little bit rougher. <laughs> I wish I, my future self had definitely told me, given me some advice. My own advice that I just gave everyone else is don't be shy to ask questions because that summer I had a manager that wasn't maybe as hands-on as I was used to. Uh, inclusively, my very last day there, they were like, hey, so when's your last day again? And I was like, it's literally today. <laughs> so that summer is when I really learned to value that, like ask questions. If you feel like you're not getting enough work or if you feel you're, you're not getting enough support, vocalize that, tell that to your manager, to your buddy that they usually also assign to you. Make sure that you are heard. That way you're, you're three months out of there, you get the most out of it. So, so do you think that kind of experience happened mainly because of the, the, the supervisor you had, or was it kind of maybe like different cultures in the workplace as well? I think, yeah, it's a combination of both because right now in my current position, I feel like there's definitely those groups within Lockheed where there's just some very high performing groups where they're there usually 12 hours a day, every day. And, you know, they're definitely in a kind of um, startup mode where it's long hours. The product has to be developed within the month, within the two weeks, and we got to get it out of the door. 
while there's other groups where the work is a little bit more relaxed since it's already in production um, they basically just have to make sure that everything that no part on the missile goes wrong or on on the product that nothing goes awry and everything's a little bit more mellow so it's definitely a combination of culture and the manager that that you are um, linked up with yeah and, and, I, and i think that's something that you know isn't always the most apparent thing until you kind of get some experience in it because your, your your supervisor your manager your boss whatever the, the terminology that's used in your organization has such a huge impact on your success directly like they're probably the individual that can you know help you be success successful or can hinder it whether intentional or not you know honestly saying you know it's like people aren't bad people inherently but if they're not you know especially as an intern trying to make sure you have a project make sure you have direction make sure that you're have that you know those skills to be coached up to get to the you know the contribution uh aspect of it then it's um it's pretty hard to to succeed so i think you know i obviously probably during the situation you you weren't super happy about it but you, at least you got to see that kind of that difference between you know environment a and environment b with supervisor a and supervisor b and how that how that made an impact on your career right oh yeah definitely it, it certainly makes you appreciate um the differences between cultures and managers and exactly like how you said how much of an impact they can have on your career no yeah for sure so uh you just so now you finish your second summer at lockheed uh what, what's next for you after that for internships after that <clears throat> i kind of want to try something else different something outside the defense contracting industry so we have this yearly event at UTEP where all these recruiters, all these companies, they come out, they, they kind of have these interviews with you, they have this uh, career fair. So I actually en ended up hitting it off with ExxonMobil and that took me to Houston that following summer as a telecommunications engineer actually. So again, something outside of the, the software world. And that in, in itself was was also a really cool experience, but def definitely, again, re-emphasized that I wanted to do something computer at least related, whether it was more on the hardware or on the software side. Okay, so can you kind of can you kind of talk a little bit about uh, specifically what you were doing there and what, what you kind of got? What was the biggest takeaway from you there? Yeah, so out there, what <clears throat> for telecommunications, because Exxon Mobil emphasizes such a culture on safety, they want to make sure that everyone that's working out at the refinery, they have some form of communication with everyone else in case if something does go wrong or something's going wrong so they can avoid uh, tragedies or any, any mishaps from happening. So what we did is we set up a new telecom telecommunications network for the Baytown area or the Baytown refinery. So we went from an analog set of communications to a digital set of communications. And that was a lot of uh, inter interfacing with Motorola, who was our primary vendor for that project, uh, interfacing with them, going out to Chicago actually to see the product in action, uh, at, at least in a lab setting, and then getting to see that product deployed out at the refinery and making or helping the all the refinery workers help them with that transition to the, the to this new product 
That's pretty cool. Cool. So how did how did you kind of like that in comparison to your your kind of your previous experience and your background as a whole with you know studying electrical? I liked it. And you definitely get to see where your signals classes come in. You know, attenuation, frequency, uh, digital a digital signal versus an analog signal. Something that you wouldn't think of, or you you maybe wouldn't realize is that with an analog signal, the attenuation is kind of a little bit more linear so as the distance increases you know the signal does get like a little bit less and less stronger but with a digital signal at a certain point it's kind of like a step function but like a step down function where all of a sudden you'll have communication and then all of a sudden you won't and that was one of the primary things that we had to identify at the refinery if there were these um, dead zones as we called them and what are we going to do to mitigate these dead zones? Okay, that sounds pretty cool. And, and uh, you know, so additionally from kind of doing something very different in the scope of work that you're working out here with Exxon, obviously uh, Exxon and Lockheed probably had different kind of cultures. Can you talk a little bit about that? How what the differences for you were and what, what you kind of liked about each one? Yeah, so Exxon definitely emphasize that culture on safety so we we all we we didn't make fun of it but we just kind of made a joke out of it and we made a group chat that was called the handrails group because even if it was like a stairwell or like a set of stairs with like two steps you had to grab onto that handrail that was like a rule at exxon and you would actually like get penalized and they'd send like an email out to your manager like hey uh, your, your employer right here, he's not pr- practicing all the safe rules as we'd like to, as we'd like to follow here. And you'd actually get like uh, a talking to from your manager, or if you drive onto the main campus, like speeding was definitely a no, no. They had like speed traps out there. So I'd like that, that they emphasize that type of culture. I, I just thought it was certainly something very different from everything else, from a fast paced world that like. You need to get to the office as quick as you can and then boom, 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 ready to go. And then you get out of there. But at Lockheed, I like the culture where it was from a dressing perspective, as silly as it sounds, like they're definitely emphasizing that dress for your day culture. Where at Exxon, it was definitely every day, button up shirt and slacks and your your dress shoes. No, and, it, and it's good that you kind of mentioned that because it's like someone hearing this, they might think, okay, well, like, how are you dressed? Like, what, why does that matter? But really, <laughs> think about it. If you're doing this every single day, that affects yeah. you one way. Like, it's something you, <laughs> it's something maybe small that you don't think about, but there's a, you know, it's like me now. It's like a manufacturing, uh, you know, everything's, you know, it's dirty. There's a lot of stuff going on. So if I was asked to wear a suit every day, that would be ridiculous, obviously. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it, it, it makes a difference, you know, it really does. How you, what, you know, how you, how you have to get ready every day impacts your day. <laughs> it, yeah, it really impacts the start of your day. Kind of like even your attitude towards that day. Like if there's a day where you want to go in with jeans just because um, you want to feel a little bit more comfortable that day, you're trying to get a lot of work done that day and you don't necessarily have the time to emphasize, you know, does this shirt look good? Is it? is it ironed and it really sets the tone for the rest of your day as 
as silly as that might sound. No, yeah, and I think it's uh, it's you know, it's it's again, it's all those little things, and it's uh, for sure a cultural thing. Because yeah, no, I know it's like when I when I answered at Lockheed, it was it was the same kind of thing. Like, oh yeah, like sometimes yeah, you have to look nicer, but sometimes you know you can wear jeans or things like that or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that, 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 and I think that's really good that you kind of got that contrasting culture from both of these you know obviously large and successful organizations um so you know now yeah we, we've kind of we kind of talked about all four internships right uh so just for a timeline you at this point when you when you entered at exxon you had already finished your uh your bachelor's at that point correct yeah that's correct yeah yeah so so you you already got into bachelor's and then so you only you you're only going to have about a year left of your master's program uh, after that internship program, so you're, so you're looking for a full-time opportunity. Uh, you obviously had a lot of background from, you know, uh, you know, quite diverse stuff, diverse background in general. Even though some of those were, were with the same company, but you were doing very different things. It seems like. Uh, so, kind of, kind of walk us through your mindset of what you're thinking after that summer at Exxon for what you'd want to do. You know, starting your career at the end of it. <clears throat> so after that summer at Exxon, I remember accepting the internship offer or the, the full-time offer. And the organization there is a little bit weird because that telecoms group technically falls under the IT umbrella. So there was definitely that opportunity or that gateway into getting into a more software development role. But they had, the way that they do it is basically the like, group that you intern with is more than likely or like 95%, 98% likely that that will be the group that you're returning to. So I, I kept that in mind and I still kept my, my options open. So when, again, when that career fair came around, <clears throat> I was openly talking to recruiters, you know, telling them, oh, hey, so I'm looking I was a little bit more specific this time about the type of role that I was looking for. And I definitely told them, you know, I'm looking for either a computer engineering or a software uh, engineering type of role. Um, what do you guys What do you guys usually look for for those type of roles? And it was when I started talking to some of the Lockheed recruiters and it was really funny because I'm giving them, you know, my elevator speech, my 30 second spiel. And then at the end of my spiel, I tell them, okay, so like, when do we find out whether whether we have an interview or not? And he's like, he looks at me kind of puzzled and he's like, this is the interview. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and come to find out later, he's like one of the main section managers here for the organization that I work with. So to have such a high level person come, come to do recruiting like that, I think it really speaks for the company of how much they want to cater to these new employees and to these interns that are coming in how much they really want to sell you that you know we have your support or you have all the support so all of that happened and i ended up getting a an offer with lockheed martin for out here in grand prairie missiles and fire control and it was a very competitive offer i had to i actually negotiated that offer with the help of yours truly i don't know if you remember that (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And even at that, I I don't have anything bad to say about ExxonMobil. I was really worried when I told them, when when I was going to tell them, hey, so you know what? I am going back on my offer. You know, this company, I didn't tell them what company, but I was like, you know what? This company, 
they made me an offer and it's actually a little bit of less money than you guys are offering me, but I really like the role that they're putting me in. And immediately as I shot out that email, like two minutes later, the recruiter from Exxon calls me and oh, I had a knot in my stomach. I was like, oh, I am about to get screamed at. And no, the recruiter was super nice about it. He's like, hey, so what happened? Was it the role? And he's like, oh, that's a shame. And you told him already that you're accepting with them, right? And I told him, yeah, it's a done deal over here. And he was like, oh, that's a shame. We hate to lose talent. But you know, if you ever change your mind or if something goes, goes wrong, you know, you don't like the environment, whatever. Just know, just keep my contact and we'll find you a position here. So Exxon, also a great company to work for. Yeah, no, that was definitely kind of a, a lot of info there, but I think there's a lot of really good things that kind of came from that experience that I think others can learn from. It's like one, uh, you know, for sure you coming, coming out with an offer from Exxon uh, definitely shows, you know, that you were able to perform at a, at a level that they, that they wanted to keep you around for sure. And that's, I think that's ultimately, especially when you're heading into your last internship before you graduate, like that's the goal coming out of it, coming out of it with that offer. So you have an option or not, regardless of if you want to take it or not, but having that option is what you want. So that's great that, you know, when you were kind of walking out away from that situation with an offer. Uh, but I think, you know, you definitely did the, the right, the right thing, which is, Hey, you know, this is a big decision for you. It's your career. It's the start of your career and where you start matters. So I think you taking the time to, to kind of explore other options and, uh, you know, it's not like you were just trying to get other offers for the sake of other offers. You're really just trying to find a better fit. You know, it's like, I think from the very beginning, when you started talking, uh, you kind of were, were pretty sure you wanted to align with a particular kind of scope of work. And, you know, it seemed like Exxon from that standpoint, maybe wasn't the best fit at the time for that. But, you know, you're out there kind of looking for something else and you obviously used, you know, your, the background that you had and kind of took another look at Lockheed because uh, you had had positive experiences with them. And uh, I, you know, I think, you know, maybe sometimes people get, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, look somewhere else because it might look bad on me or the company might be upset or something like that. But, you know, I think you're, you're a really good example of what good recruiting does. You know, obviously they were. They probably weren't happy to lose you because you know who would be happy to lose somebody that they they want obviously but uh at the end of the day everyone's a professional everyone understands that you have to do what's best for you and your career especially you know coming out of college it's usually the opportunity where you're gonna have a lot of different offers and a lot of different people competing for re- for you and i think most people understand but that's great that you know uh you didn't get screamed at like you thought you would <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, they, they definitely, I think, kind of left the door open for you, too, a little bit. If, you know, you ever do decide down the road to, to have a career shift or anything like that, it's always a positive thing to have that be an option, potentially, um, if that were were to ever be the case. But, uh, no, that, that's, that's really great to hear. You know, I think that's something that's pretty relatable to a lot of people, too. So, you know, so now you, you're, you're at Lockheed Martin Missiles and Fire Control, which... Uh, also, just to, to kind of point out, it's it's a different business unit that you were in when you when you interned with them, correct? Yeah. Uh, previously, we were in space systems, so a lot of uh, more with satellites. Uh, I mentioned that earlier, and for some of those that might know, that is um, is a missile, but it is a very <laughs> 
It is a very, very, very high missile that actually like leaves the atmosphere for 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 a little bit. So that's the reason really why um, the space system sector has taken or had taken over production for that uh, second or for that time of period. And now um, on the missiles and fire control side, so everything from the launcher to the actual missile, radar systems, that's that's our bread and butter right there. And, and how do you how do you like what, what you're doing now? Can I guess can you talk a little bit about what what you do specifically now? Oh, if if I tell you, I'd have to I'd have to kill you, Braulio. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so we are part of the F-35 IBCS integration. IBCS being the interconnected battle command system that the army army is currently deploying. So they're. Their motto is one sensor, one shooter. So basically any sense, this network of sensors, it's kind of trying to model the, the internet of things, but with sensors, launchers, and missiles. And someone had, you know, the really good idea of, you know what, we have an F-35. It has this amazing radar capability on it. Why don't we take all the information that's being pushed down from the, from the F-35 and we interconnect it into this battle command system and this way we can turn our reaction time from what the, their also their motto turning seconds into minutes of reaction time allowing you to make better decisions uh to defend against certain threats and that's what we do that's what my group does so the integration from that f-35 to this ibcs ibcs system no that's pretty cool yeah no it's definitely uh, it's like I said at the beginning. You studied magic, so that's pretty pretty well aligned <laughs> with magic itself. Uh, so, so how, you know, for for you, you know, obviously this role is kind of you you picked it for fit. You know, you even mentioned that the other offer you had it was actually going to offer you more money because I think you wanted to, you were more interested in this. So, do you, you know now that you've been doing this because because for how, for how long have you been working uh, for full time now? Uh, just six months. Yeah, just changed six so, months. Yeah, so six months in, so. So how do you feel about, you know, you so far feel like you made the right choice and from what you're getting yourself into? I definitely did. Definitely did. This is, um, right now, the current group that I'm in, it's definitely very IRAD, uh, which is Integrated uh, Research and Development, very much the startup mindset. So this product, we have to make these code changes, we have to push out these features within a, a very short amount of time. It's very rapid development and it's exactly what I was looking for. I don't regret my decision one bit. Uh, that's that's really great. And like I said, yeah, it's, it's really good that you had that kind of, that perspective for you. It's like, hey, I think you'd seen enough, you know, with internships and all that stuff that you realized what you were gonna be doing on a day-to-day was gonna, was gonna matter a lot to you. Uh, and finding kind of that better fit uh, was definitely worth the wait. You know, obviously, uh, it took a little bit longer than just kind of accepting something right off the bat and just sticking with that. So I think kind of having that patience associated was uh, was something that was uh, definitely valuable. Now, you know, six months into the job and everything like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you gotta, you gotta really, I guess, for the young and upcoming professional, you gotta follow what you want because a lot this will be your career you know this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life and maybe opportunities of career shifting aren't far and wide so you kind of have to be very 
very sure of what you're going to choose to do. No, yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, now, you know, obviously you're only six months in. Uh, it's, it's a, it is definitely like five seconds in corporate America. Six months is like nothing. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, working a little bit, I definitely see that. And I'm sure you kind of get that you're, you've been here for you know such a small amount of time, really. Uh, but you know, have you started thinking about you know what you're what you're thinking next? You know, either next role or down the road or whatever, uh, whatever you're thinking next. Yeah. So just actually had my performance review uh, a little while ago. Not what did we talk about? <laughs> Four months in, um, I went really great actually. Uh, the managers here are really great. They they want to know what your career goals are, and they definitely emphasize that that next step for me is to start branching out into into other programs that way you have a company-wide exposure onto what other pro what other programs offer what is their mindset what are their focuses also you know there's these awesome opportunities that i know you're currently part of which is like eldp positions where these rotational positions that actually expose you sometimes to different business units, sometimes to different programs, depending on what company you're part of. And you, you know, even though I'm six months in, and they usually recommend that that the people that apply have at least a year with the company, I'm still shooting for those positions, trying to get as much exposure to the company as I can. No, oh, yeah, and I, I think it's one of those things where. Yeah, you said it perfectly. You're six months in, but you got to be aiming for those things from now. And, you know, you especially stuff with like rotational programs, like there's certain things that, you know, certain boxes you kind of have to check. Obviously, the experience is one, but, you know, hey, what your supervisor rates you and what recommendations they have and all that stuff, that, that stuff matters, obviously, at the end of the day. So you starting to build it from this standpoint of so early on, oh, it, it can only help you, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah listen to to everything anyone your managers tell you because they're 95 percent of the time they really are only trying to help you because someone is watching like that that's something that maybe young engineers might not think like oh you know i'm just a i'm just a peon in a big pod like no like someone is really watching your work and any opportunity is really a chance for you to shine shine and grow no, yeah, for sure, and I, I, I like, you, I think you said it great. Yeah, it's, it, there's always an opportunity for you to to show what you're capable of doing. You know, it might seem like a small thing at the time, but there, it's always, it's always there. It's just your ability to go out and find it and uh, promoting yourself too. Like I think sometimes people shy away from saying, "Hey, I did this," or "I'm working on this," or "I want more of this because I already finished this." Because it might come across as, you know, oh, this person is just being boastful or whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. I, I, at the end of it, you know, you're, it's your career. You have to be the one that, uh, you know, talks, up, talks it up as much as you can because no one else is going to really be your advocate as much as you should be. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. So kind of, kind of shifting here for, from work. You know, obviously, uh, you've had a lot of experience, and you've you've worked at a lot, you know, at a, several different companies through internships, and now you're in the uh, the adulting world, as they say, as a full time. <laughs> uh, but you know, what, what what are some of the things, kind of, you know, outside of work? You know, what hobbies do you have? What do you enjoy doing when you're, you know, you're not keeping our country safe, Angel? What what, what else do you do? <laughs> um, other than literally helping people sleep at night, you know, what what else do we do? <laughs> 
No, I, I really enjoy going to the gym. I really enjoy going to the gym. I think right now in our current environment, or the way things are right now, probably shouldn't be heading to the gym, right? These public areas where literally people are touching everything and then touching their face because they're wiping the sweat off. Yeah. For, so for context, because again, this is a podcast, so you might listen to this years from now. Oh, that's uh, right. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so for context, I, 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 it's, I always find it. I've always listened to older podcasts and then they like make some reference and I don't ever get it. So I, I want to add a timeline here. So this is a um, March 2020, right? Yeah, March. Yeah. Uh, so this is all when the coronavirus stuff is happening. Uh, so just so everyone knows. <laughs> So again, if this is you're listening to this about 20 years in the future, uh, just if we're still here 20 years yeah, in the future, that's uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's really pessimistic. But assuming we're here, uh, uh, look that up and see what he's talking about. But yeah, no, yeah. So so besides from the gym, what 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 other stuff do you like doing? Besides the gym, also, I like I really enjoy playing soccer. So I've actually, you know, networked with people from work, and they've I've actually gotten on a soccer team out here. It's the drive is horrible to go play soccer because I'm in Arlington and where we or where they play is in Richardson. So that's like, yeah, like a 40 minute drive. And the game as it is, it's like 40 minutes. So <laughs> that's a good three hours, almost three yeah. hours out of like my week. Yeah. <laughs> the drive time there and back is more. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that's really good, though. I think I think it, it's it's one of those things i think when you're in school like it can be hard to put an emphasis on you know being physically active and taking care of yourself and that kind of stuff because you're in school and you're always stressed because there's always something around the corner and you don't know what what you know what you need to do now because there's like a hundred things to do (laughs) yeah that emphasize i mean you got to take care of yourself also you really do uh you want to live to see you know your grandchildren if that's if that's one of your goals gotta take care of yourself <laughs> no yeah but yeah no for sure so that's uh, yeah obviously that's really good obviously six months in it's all about building habits so good thing you're kind of building in those habits um you know like you said take care of yourself it doesn't matter your, your career is important obviously you put in a lot of effort and work into studying engineering and doing internships and doing all this stuff but uh if you're not taking care of yourself none of that other stuff really matters you know exactly that's uh, so, you know, uh, we've kind of gone through a little bit of everything, you know, and learned a little bit about who you are, what your, your, your boatload of internships, your, and what they kind of taught you and everything like that. Uh, so you just have a couple more things to kind of more, you know, more perspective questions for, for other people who, you know, are looking at you and trying to hear about your story and everything like that. But, uh, you know, obviously six months since, what would you say is the biggest difference and you know now working full-time as opposed to when you were an intern full-time versus internship i think the the expectations of you definitely start changing you know uh you know that you're in this role a little bit more permanently than you were before so you definitely have to emphasize that like that successful mentality you know any project that, or any piece of work that they're gonna give me, you know, I have to start proving myself from from day one that you know this that I really was the best uh, candidate to be hired for this position. I think there's a little bit of that pressure right there that that you feel immediately. Um, 
definitely, as you said before, building those habits outside of work. Uh, because you know, most of the time, coming from El Paso, you're living in a different city. So it's also like a different cultural mindset also, depending on where you're going. Um, getting adjusted to all those little things is definitely the biggest thing from an internship versus full-time because internship you know you're there for three months and then boom back to what your regular schedule was school work or your organizations but here it's like okay work and then now what is it you got to start setting up your life now <laughs> yeah it's kind of crazy yeah it's like you you've been living for 20 something years and it's like oh yeah like how do i like become a person you know <laughs> <laughs> how do i really start doing this adulting stuff yeah yeah no yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah i i think it's it's there's always going to be an adjustment for sure just because you're there like you said more semi-permanently obviously people change roles and all that stuff but you know as an intern max you're there three months max yeah you know? mm-hmm. you've already you know surpassed that a couple times you know twice here in six months so it's it's obviously even already been different just because of that. Um, but do you think kind of the level of expectation from you know the people you work with and your supervisor is different? I I do think so, yeah. Because at this point, you are a professional already. You're you're a professional. You know, you, certain expectations are become a little bit different. There's still that mindset though that you might not have a lot of experience still. So there is that expectation that you need to ask these questions in order to set yourself up for being successful. Um, again, when you come into that new hire role, I strongly recommend ask these questions. I think that was one of the super positive things about my performance review was that, you know, I was always asking questions, always ask because I didn't know anything about this interconnected battle command system. And you know, people, I think what everyone's gonna realize is that any company is a acronym soup. People just throwing acronyms left and right and people that have been there for five, 10, 20 plus years, they're super acclimated to all this already. But you're you're a month in and you're still trying to keep up with every single acronym that, that they're throwing at you. So definitely ask questions, ask for support branch out to your peers to your to whoever your buddy may be when you when you get hired on yeah so so that, and that's definitely a good point it's like i i don't know if some people feel like there's this expectation of like oh you're full-time so you should know what you're doing like nah nah like, <laughs> you knows a very small amount in comparison to everyone else that around you so uh, like you said, asking questions is super crucial. So, like, do you still feel like you're in an environment where you being very open and honest about, you know, how little you don't know is, you know, pretty accepted and they're willing to help you? Yeah, exactly. Um, they still are. And it's it's amazing because now I'm getting introduced to, you know, different programs, different different parts of this program that I'm currently on. And, you know, they just... It's, it's expected it's hope that you ask these questions. It's better that you ask these questions early on instead of like a year or two in and people then look at you like, oh my gosh, you've been here like two, three years and you're asking that question still. It's definitely better to get these questions out of the way as, as early as possible. 
No, yeah, for sure. I, d- I think that's definitely uh, a good way of putting it. Just getting all the questions out of the way uh, is way better, you know, like you said, within your first year as opposed to a couple years through. Uh, no, we'll definitely want to want to kind of thank you for uh, for taking the time today, Angel, to kind of talk with me and uh, try out this this new kind of uh, interview format that I'm trying. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with uh, our listeners? Like I said, mainly uh, kind of young professionals, you know, other STEM people in, in college still. Um, so anything else you'd want you'd like to share? No, well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, my next piece or my last piece of advice would be to wash your hands even after this coronavirus thing has stopped. It shouldn't be an excuse for you to stop washing your hands. That's, that is a very good point. Wash your hands. Hi. <laughs> right, well, uh, thanks again, Angel. And thanks to everyone for listening. I uh, hope everyone has a great day and wash your hands. <laughs>